0: Hi, I'm Josh Van Buukel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you.
1: Josh obviously thought that having me speak today, um, you guys might trouble, have trouble seeing me. So he's built me another little step because I'm, I'm not quite tall enough. Um, so thank you for that, Josh. So I'm going to finish up our series uh, this week of At The Movies, and I'm going to tie it all together. Uh, I think that what I've got today is kind of interwoven uh, through all of the messages that we've had so far in the previous three weeks, and yeah, it's actually a, a very personal thing for me as well, and even, you know, making some changes yesterday or even kind of running through my head right now. Um, There's gonna be parts where I'm probably gonna rely on my notes a little bit, uh, just to keep me on track. But uh, to go through, I know Josh did a recap last week, but I'm gonna recap his recap with a recap. Um, Week one, Kung Fu Panda 3, and Josh spoke about growth. Um, He said that growth challenges you. Um, It requires a change within you, but it also comes at a cost. Um, so there is a, a cost to, to having that growth. And the quote that came up was, if you only do what you can do, you will never be more than you are now. So if you're too comfortable, you will just always stay the same. Um, you have to get out of that comfort zone to be better, to, to move forward, to change. Then week two, Mike uh, used the Money Pit movie. And... You know, this couple bought a house and it turned out to be an absolute mess. And his picture was is that sometimes we feel like, you know, our lives are a mess. Um, there's so much going on um, that, you know, we discount ourselves from what God is doing. Um, but he's saying that God sees you, that he journeys with you, and he can use you despite any of the mess uh, that you have in your life. And using all kind of our Old Testament prophets, and, you know, everybody made mistakes, everybody messed up, um, but when you kind of hold up, as you know Josh highlighted last week, David, was a man who made many mistakes, but his heart was always sincere, he always took himself back to God, and he never discounted himself from what God had for him, um, and so God continued to bless him, and God continued to use him. And then, last week, uh, Lion King, and... Just focused on the, the part in the movie where Simba, is a grown-up and adult, he looks into kind of the little pool or, or pond and he's looking back and sees his father or sees his reflex, reflection in the water and this reflection who is his father just says, remember who you are and this is about your identity. Remember who you are in Christ um, and hold on to that. The phrase used was, I become who I was created to be when I believe what God says about me. So, in all of this, you have to choose to grow, choose to make yourself available to God, choose to be who God made you to be. And the call is that you have to believe him not just believe in him and those are two different things you can believe in God but you can still not believe him you can still not believe what he says about you what he has called you into in your life Um, but you need to to take hold of that Um, now all of the uh, the messages are on the podcast are on the website there's an extra little treat for you if you listen to last week's message again where we have Uh, Rufus providing a voiceover for the movie. If you don't know who Rufus is, he was on Box Drum today. A couple of weeks ago he was on Guitar. At Christmas he was on Keys. Um, Neither of those are his main instrument. Um, But an awesomely talented guy. It's a pleasure to have him as part of our church. Uh, But yeah, check out those messages. So Resilience, this is where I'm landing today, and this is, as I said, comes through everything that we're we're doing uh, with this series. Everyone's heard the phrase, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, or sometimes you've been going through a struggle or a stress in your life, and someone just comes up to you with a comforting word and says, you know, God's got a better plan for you. Well-meaned, and, you know, maybe true. But sometimes when you're going through mess and going through stress and challenge, it doesn't feel particularly helpful. Um, But, you know, it's there. We need to be resilient. We need to adapt to stresses and challenges. Uh, Stress can be a motivator. It can help drive us and encourage us to succeed. But we all have a point where there's enough stress that creates a threshold that we can't cope. And so with resilience, what we're looking at is how can we change where that threshold is? How can we change our ability to cope with stress, to cope with challenge, so that next time you can say, I've got this? To define resilience, uh, number one, the quality of being able to return quickly to a previous good condition after problems. Um, Or if you're thinking about kind of an object or a matter, number two, the ability of a substance to return to its usual shape after being bent, stretched, or pressed. Now, what I want to highlight in that first meaning, it says returning quickly to a previous good condition. When you hear previously, you think past. You think returning to what happened in the past. But that's not going to be the point of resilience that I'm going to get at. The point is going to be that actually you return and you move forwards. You, it's, it's like you're returning to a previous condition, because you're returning to a state which you feel good or even better than you did before. But it's because you've moved forwards and not because you've moved backwards to the previous state, okay? We don't hide from the challenges, we don't hide from the stresses, but we take them on board, we learn, and we move forwards. And we embrace that. So, my clip today, I will get there. I'm going to beat Mike to the oldest movie played in the series. Um, Although it was before my time, this still was just a signature of my youth. Um, It is distinctly British humour throughout the movie, so not everyone's cup of tea, Um, and Josh alluded that it was uh, borderline inappropriate, and I too have thought that myself, and I almost didn't send it to Josh, but I couldn't get past that this is just, this summed it up for me. Um, So... Check out this clip, we're going to look at the Black Knight, we're going to keep an eye on him, and it's going to be one of the greatest fight scenes uh, you'll ever see.
0: I have no quarrel with you, Good Sir Knight, but I must cross this bridge. Then you shall die. I command you, as King of the Britons, to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. <laughs> Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch. Your arm's off! No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar! Come on, you pansy! (laughs) 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 Ah! Victory is mine! We thank thee, Lord, that in thy. (laughs) Come on, then! (laughs) What? Ham at you! You are indeed brave, Sir Knight, but the fight is mine. Oh, had enough, eh? Look, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look! Just a flesh wound. Look, stop that! Chicken! Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg. Right! Right, I'll do you for that. You what? Come here! What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs. How about you? Come on, then. All right. We'll call it a draw.
1: So. Apologies if I have offended anybody. Um, But what we're going to get at is the black knight is resilient. <laughs> He's so resilient, he just doesn't even know when stress or challenges come his way. Just brushes it off um, and moves forward. Now, as funny as it is, this, the whole movie just filled my youth with phrases, catchphrases, mantras, and amongst friends, family, you know, you throw it out, it's like, tis just but a scratch, it's merely a flesh wound. And, you know, although they were jokey, but, you know, also in a tongue-in-cheek way, you'd use them amongst real situations as well. And so, you know, as stupid as it is, you know, they did become a way of coping sometimes, or a way of just getting through, because you just make light of a situation and go, look, if this knight can get through it, so can I. But one thing that struck about me the the night is that he's so sure of himself. He's so sure of who he is. He's so sure of what his job is, what it means to be, um, that he keeps going. And that we need to kind of have the same sort of attitude and same sort of mindset. Now, he might have learned this at night school. He might have done a course, been told how good he was, um, learned how good he was from that. Or he might have just got to the point where, okay, first day on the job, standing on the bridge, no one should pass. Someone comes up, has his first battle and he wins. Day two, he has another battle, wins. And he keeps going and he might just keep winning and so that becomes his experience. So he's either learning it, cause he's been told it, or he's kind of having that experience um, and building resilience in that way. So resilience can be a matter of perspective in fact that we, we choose to look at life a different way. We choose to look at our challenges in a different way. And this is also how Paul you know, chose to look at life. Um, and he chose to take a closer relationship with Jesus um, to get there. So we've got the passage here in Philippians uh, chapter 3 verses 13 to 16. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. So, unsurprisingly, if you know a bit about the New Testament, Paul's in prison. Um, And he's writing to the church in Philippi, which was one of the earliest or the earliest church um, that he kind of set up to the Gentiles. Now, Paul's come to a realization in the beginning of, of this letter that his life in prison is going to end up one of two ways. Option one is that he gets executed for his faith, um, which is not a bad thing. You know, it will mean the culmination of his race. It will mean the end goal is there. You know, he'll be fulfilled in his life. He will come to Christ and come to our Heavenly Father um, in the fulfillment of his kingdom. And that actually is the end goal for all of our lives that we reach that point where we see and we experience God in all his fullness. But, there's also a second option, uh, which is if Paul's not being selfish, that he's got a mission to do, or he's got a, a role on this, on this earth. And that is that he gets released or gets out of prison and continues to preach the gospel um, to those around us and to the churches and to the Gentiles. And, this is the harder road. This is the harder road to keep going, to keep facing these challenges. And Paul knows exactly what those challenges were. Before he met Jesus, he was called Saul, and he was a zealous Jew, believing you know, the Christianity faith that was coming up and Jesus to be blasphemous. And so he was killing Christians. And he wasn't the only one. There are other Jews that wanting to do that. But not only are the Jews persecuting Christians because they see them as a challenge to their faith and to their gods but you've also have the romans who see jesus as a figure who's politically a threat so paul knows exactly the type of persecution the challenge the trials that he's going to come up against but i'm going to read part of that again but he says i focus on this one thing forgetting the past looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Letting go of the past, forgetting in a sense that we can't be held back by it, but we do move forwards. And I see Paul learning in a couple of ways. Paul encountered Jesus. He spoke with him. He, you know, learned what his life was going to be about. And so we too have to remind ourselves of the promises that God has spoken about us and who we are in him. So as part of Paul's resilience... He heard what God says about him, he heard what his identity was in God, and he held on to that. Paul, similarly to Jesus, um, after his conversion, also had kind of wilderness years. Uh, We don't really know much about it, but he kind of took some time out, and he would have also faced trials and challenges, and although we don't know much about it, we know the effect of those, because we can see how Paul came back. We can see the man he became in his mission. He learned from his experiences. And so we too have to learn from the challenges that we've had. And we have to use that to be able to approach the next challenge in the same way that we've learned from what is happening. And what happens with that? Is we get closer to God. And so as we draw on what God says about us, as we draw on our experiences, how God has come through with us for us in the past, we bring ourselves closer to God. Spiritual maturity, as mentioned in the passage, is a a massive one. And when you become spiritually mature, it's so much easier, either because you've had these experiences and you know a little bit more about what God do, is doing in your life, it's easier to then take yourself to God again next time around. I see this a lot in the older members in our church. I know over the years I've had conversations or just simple hellos, and I am encouraged by the older people, how you respond in every way to conversation with me, to what's happening in your life, the testimonies you've had just builds this spiritual maturity where you, you don't mess around anymore. You don't hold on to your life, but you just keep giving everything to God. And in every way, you go to God. And as I count myself as part of the younger generation, younger people in this church, um, we need to get hold of that more. We need to encourage our kids, we need to encourage the youth to let go of what is not ours. As we become faithful faithful people, we give our lives to God and we need to remind ourselves of that, that we have given up the right to our life and we've given it to God. Is this working at all, Tibor, or am I, are you doing it? Is it is, I'm doing it? Cool. So, it's all about getting closer to God when you know Jesus and relationship you learn how to hear from him you learn what he says about you and you learn from experiences now unlike the black knight um, or even Paul I know that I'm not invincible I definitely feel the pain of flesh wounds um, but I am becoming more resilient now I've got a personal story that I'm going to share with you today, and when I was a fresh-faced 18-year-old and I was coming out of secondary school or high school, I decided that the thing I was going to do is I was going to go to university and I was going to live away from home, and that was a a big thing for me. My older brother and sister both went to university, neither of them left home, Um, we're all very kind of home people. For me, this was just something that I decided to do, but I didn't need to do. Um, I was still going to study at a college in London, um, so I could have commuted there. But I decided, hey, let's give it a go. Let's plunge ourselves into a bit more debt. Um, Let's raise the stakes. Uh, Let's live away from home and have to kind of fend for myself and pay board and pay for food and all that business. Um, Now, I can tell you a whole host of stories from my first year at university, some good, some not so good. Um, but I want to pick up on the narrative of my life at that stage. And you know part of that was that I was a faithless person when I went to uni. Um, and actually, that, only, that perspective only strengthened um, in my first years of uni, and that's my experience. Now I was a, a shy kid, and I avoided social situations. I'd make excuses. Uh, for not having to go out I had excuses for not having to go around to friends places to go to parties um, because it was awkward for me I didn't like it, it was uncomfortable um, I needed a bit of Dutch courage to get me going when I did go out and you know, the bigger the situation, the bigger the party the more courage um, it would take to, to get me there so for me to move away from home, to live in these halls at university and just to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people I didn't know, um, not have my family around, um, it was going to be difficult. But I did have my own room. It had a lock on it, which was great. But I also found out that for some, from some of my more industrious roommates, um, a lock was not enough to keep people out. So they were also some other interesting stories. But um, to start off this story this year at university, uh, we had Freshers' Week. Uh, I don't know do you guys have Freshers' Weeks here. Kind of a week orientating yourself for uni. Um, a week orientating yourself becomes a week partying, socialising, getting to know people. And three or four days into that, I started to get sick. You know, I was feeling nauseous. I couldn't sleep very well. Um... And so, you know, I took myself home. I was like, okay, I'm, I can't be around these people. I need to get home. I need to recover. Now, for my course at uni, um, at the end of this Freshers' Week over the weekend, they had like a team bonding, um, ice-breaking weekend they were going to do, kind of an outward-bound stuff. And the activities were cool, and, but this was part of the course. They actually made it um, part of your course and the marks for the year. But because I was sick, you know, I didn't get to make it to to then. So, you know, that was a real shame. But after a few days at home, I recovered, I came back ready to Raring to Go, Monday morning, first lecture, 9am, five, ten minutes into the lecture, the course head pops her head into the lecture room, into the theatre, and just calls out my name. As a bit of a shrinking violet, that was uh, not a proud moment for me, and called out my name, I put my hand up, and she goes, good, you've decided to turn up, see me in my office after the lecture. And that was it, she walked out. So, you know, here's me, kind of crawling back under my chair, trying to get into my backpack that I had with me, just wanting to die at that moment, Um, just being called out and owned in front of the, the whole the whole lecture, all my peers who, and this was the first time I was meeting them because I didn't go on this team wanting moment. So, after lecture, I went in, saw the course head, um, and she continued on her same vein. Uh, she had some similar, some not so kind words to say that maybe I should second guess that maybe I wasn't the right sort of person for this course if I wasn't going to you know, wasn't going to attend every part and wasn't going to put my whole life into this. And, you know, I told her I was sick. I had to go home, I had to recover. Um, But that didn't really matter to her. And so I took myself home. Slightly beaten, slightly bruised. And one thing I've left out of this story so far is that when I got back from home and came to Hall's, Uh, After feeling sick, when I unpacked my bag, um, there was an A4 brown envelope in my bag. And my mum had put it there. And I think she might have actually told me it was there, but told me not to open it. So I had no idea what was in this envelope. When I opened it, when I got back to halls, it seemed a bit obscure. I was like, I don't get this. It's a bit weird. Put it back in the envelope, put it in a drawer in my desk. But when I got home from this meeting, I pulled it out again. Because it started to make a bit more sense. My mum had given me a stack of kind of four or five journal articles about anxiety and stress management. Now, I'd had no conversations with my mum about this. And I was thinking while I was writing this down, I can't remember if I've actually had a conversation with her about it since either. But... She knew something I didn't um, and so she thought this was pertinent to my situation. And so I never, I was never homesick as a kid when I went away on holidays or you know, I was away for two weeks. I just loved it, not on issues. So there was nothing untoward about me being sick that week. But what I came to realise from this and from these helpful hints from my mum was that actually because I was shy because I get anxious around people that first week it manifested as physical sickness and when I came home from that meeting I had those same feelings come back I was getting nauseous I was worried um, you know I needed to hide away I needed to withdraw from people and so you know I came back to those articles and read a little bit about them and kind of started to un- understand that okay maybe this is something that's real to me So I started to learn from this situation. Now, at this point, I started to make small changes. I started to make small steps that strengthened me, that made me more resilient because I was aware. Um, I understood a little bit about what I was learning and what my mum had started to kind of show me towards. But these were only small steps. And I made them because it was a conscious effort that I knew for me to grow and to change, I had to keep putting myself into uncomfortable situations. And so that was something I learned early on, that I needed to make myself uncomfortable sometimes so that I can progress, so that next time I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't want to keep having these situations where I feel sick, where I can't sleep, um, because something's getting on top of me. So I keep putting my hand up for stuff that I don't want to do. Because at the end of the day, it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me a better person. And we can all start to do that. Now, as valuable as these experiences were, they were baby steps, and you know I needed something to make a big change. And for me, that happened one day. As I said, I was a, a faithless person at this stage. Um, I hadn't gone, ch- not been going to church for kind of ten years, and just grew further away from God. Although my, all my family um, were church people and they were faithful people. But I wasn't. And I knew that I withdrew from people further as well. Um, part of my coping was being alone. Um, and so I withdrew from God and I withdrew from people. Until it got to a point where I had an encounter with God. I met with Jesus in prayer with other people. And he showed me just how he loved me, he showed me what he thought of me, he showed me that I wasn't worthless. He showed me that I was valuable to him. And so from that, I I heard what he says and I keep holding on to it. He says something about you. So hold on to that. There's ways we can do this. A really comfortable way for me to do it is personal prayer, personal devotional time. Come to Jesus and he will respond to you. Don't just pray at him, but give him time to respond. Listen. Another way of doing it, praying with friends, family, praying with others, God can use other people to talk to you. He can use other people to to highlight things in your life. Sometimes you might find it hard to hear yourself or second-guess yourself. But if he confirms that with somebody else that tells you the same thing, you can be pretty sure God's in it. Thirdly, reading the Bible. We have scripture for a reason. We have these stories for a reason that they're encouraging God has so much to say about each of us as faithful people it may not be specifically relevant to a situation or a challenge or a trial that you're going through right now but it is definitely about you it's about all of us and so there's so much strength in reading through constantly bringing yourself back to scripture the other way as I said earlier, it's from our experiences. I know from picturing myself through challenges that God has strengthened me. I know what he's done in my life. Firstly, I remember why I believe. We all have a story. We all know or have a time or a reason why we have faith why we believe in God. So we remind ourselves of that. When we go through tough times, we remind ourselves why we believe in the first place. There is a reason, and it's because because God met with you, that his spirit spoke to you and told you that he loved you and told you what he called you into for your life. Remember the answers to prayer. Once you come to God and you know Him and you seek Him, you start to pray to Him. Invariably, you will pray for something. That is always how we want to start prayer. God, I need you. God, I need something. God, I can't cope. The more you pray, the more often you see that He starts to answer your prayers. And so you recall those, you remember those, write them down, take voice notes on your phone, because these will be valuable to you, to remember what he's doing in your life. And so once you start to get a hold of remembering the past, remembering and learning from what's happened, you start to look in the present. You look for God in your life now. So it's easier once you've experienced God's presence, as I said, spiritual maturity. But we can all look for where God is in our lives. There's always things going on, and we can always just either just count everything up to coincidence, or we can have our eyes open and say, look, God I know you, I know what you want from me because I know what you've called me into I can see where you're moving me if you want this on my life I will continue to follow if this is a step that's going to be uncomfortable because it's going to change me I'm going to move into that because I have faith in you I trust that you want good things for me I trust that you love me. I trust that you value me and that you have worth in me. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says the godly may trip seven times but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. In God we have unrivaled strength. The enemy can't defeat us. When we walk with Jesus, when we live our lives in step with his spirit and the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have power. We can cope with our situations although in the time I was faithless I was strengthened I was being better disaster was still overthrowing me because I was alone I was separated from God I didn't count myself worthy of God as Mike said in his message I was growing only in baby steps I was growing in the natural being able to do more but not growing personally and I didn't know who I was so I was still overthrown by the wicked when I was in that church service and I responded to prayer and I put my hand up to say I want this Jesus that you talk about in my life I was prayed for I had an encounter the Holy Spirit touched me and I was overwhelmed I wept but I knew that my life changed if you want to build that strength you want to have the same conviction as Paul did The conviction of the black knight. You can have that with Jesus today. If anybody does not know Jesus, does not know Christ, haven't walked with them, you can have that today. And I'm going to invite you up to the front to respond. You're going to make an uncomfortable step that will bring you forwards. Even if you're listening at home and you're listening on the podcast later, you can still do it there and now. You can just come to God and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to turn away from my previous life right now. And I want to give everything to you. But for those of us who already know Jesus and have faith, we have trials, we have challenges God can help you overcome those. So I'm also going to invite you up to the front to come forward for prayer. If you have a challenge or a trial, if you've been struggling to remember what God says about you, if you've been struggling to remember who you are, to remember how much God loves you and how much he wants to strengthen you then come forward to be filled again with His Spirit so the band are going to play I'm going to be up the front as people respond we're going to get the prayer team to, to come up and pray with you as well but don't just rest in comfort don't hold yourself back if you need help come to God Hey, Will.